All right, what's up, St. Louis? This is Tom Karani, and I'm here with... Will Rooney. He's our seminarian, and we are coming to you on our new... I don't know, it's not a podcast yet. This is just a test a test run of uh, a new media here at St. Louis. I want to spread the gospel in new and different ways, and so uh, this is just one of those ways. Will has graciously agreed to do a four- or five-part reflection, not sure yet, on... Um, on Advent and and the masses that we hear during Advent, so uh, so we're really excited to be here. Uh, Will, what do you have for us today? Yeah, so today, Tom, we're going to be talking about uh, Advent, and in specific, we want to reflect on the prayers that we pray during the the masses um, over the next four weeks. Uh, and it as we start to do that, uh, we just want to offer up a kind of a principle that can help us. Uh, to, to go about our reflection on these prayers. And that principle is that the law of praying is the law of believing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, uh, it comes from a Latin phrase, lex orandi, lex credendi. Mm-hmm. And it's something that the, the fathers of the church back in the early centuries of the, the faith really offered up and really used a lot. Um, what tended to happen was in the, the first centuries, um, we didn't have a developed dogma like we do today. We didn't know exactly how to say the entire uh, Nicene Creed, for right, example. Right. But we did know uh, that we had certain ways of praying. Mm-hmm. And the church fathers looked at those ways of praying, and they recognized in them that uh, what was being prayed was what was being believed. Mm. And so, so you're talking about you're talking about like the mass. Yeah. So the mass or the 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 Psalms or the mm-hmm. liturgy. Um, in general, in its earliest forms. So, for example, um, before the Council of Ephesus in 425, th- there wasn't a clear teaching on on Mary. Right. But for centuries, she had been venerated as the mother of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when it came to that council, the, the church fathers, they looked back and they said, well, we've been praying this way for four centuries. Mm-hmm. So why... Why would we not declare that she is the mother of God? Yeah, and they use their worship and the things that they knew to clarify their understanding of her as Theotokos, right? right. As the mother yeah, of God. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think the the same thing, can we can do that uh, today in our faith as well. Uh, the liturgy is a rich source for our own um, edification, our own, obviously, our sanctification. I mean, its primary purpose is, of course, the, the glorification of God, but... Mm-hmm. It also provides for us um, a richness, a, a theological treasure that we can reflect on, which can help us grow in our faith and get us closer to the Lord. Yeah, the liturgy makes us holy, too. Exactly, right. right. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we want to do kind of as we go through these reflections is examine the prayers that we pray each week at Mass, um, and specifically during this Advent season, to see what we can learn from them. Mm-hmm. So... We'll start off with the uh, the first Sunday of Advent and just kind of dive right in here. Uh, we'll be reflecting on the collect for the first Sunday of Advent. Now, the collect is that opening prayer. So it's after um, we've come in, the presider's up at the at, in front of the altar, usually at St. Louis, and he says, let us pray. Um, and so it kind of is the beginning of the, the prayer proper at the Mass. Um, and the collect for the first Sunday of Advent is, Grant your faithful, we pray, Almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at his coming, so that gathered at his right hand, they may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom 
through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. So what's interesting about this collect for me, Tom, is that it could be a little confusing uh, that we start off the season of Advent, uh, which is often thought of this, uh, rightly so, this preparation for the Feast of the Nativity, mm-hmm. with a prayer that we might be ready to receive the Lord when he comes at the end of time, mm. right? So we're not praying that we'd be ready to receive the Christ child. Little baby Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, uh, that we would run forth to meet Christ at his coming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that with with righteous deeds. So it, it seems a little bit confusing, and that's, that confusion could even be uh, heightened if we reflect on the gospel for this Sunday as well, which tells us to be watchful, to be alert, that we don't know that the time when, when Jesus Christ will come uh, and that we don't know uh, that we need to be ready, that we need to be watchful. Right. So I think that uh, to understand what we're praying for in this prayer and what we're, what we're reflecting on in the gospel and really the entire purpose of the season of Advent, we have to, we have to kind of take a step back and see what, what is the purpose of the season of Advent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so interesting because, I mean... I, I'm like probably every other person in the pew. And when the collect comes around, I kind of don't pay attention, right? I don't think we always listen to sure, what the collect yeah. has to say. Um, but what's what's really grabbing me here is this resolve to run forth to meet your mm. Christ. I think so often we think of Advent as this like waiting time, yeah. right? You know, we, we open doors on our little Advent calendar. We're running towards Christmas and we're getting gifts and stuff, but we're, we're always told to kind of, wait for Christ. Mm-hmm. But this this collect is like, it's very action-oriented, right? We're running forth to meet Christ by doing good deeds and preparing for him to come to us. Right, yeah. Um, and, and, and that's it's more of a preparation, I guess, and less mm-hmm. of a waiting. It's very active, it seems to me. Yeah, and I think that there's there's um, there's the wonderful kind of Catholic both-and in that, Tom. Oh, that, yeah. That we're, the both-and. Uh, the both-and, right? Uh, that we're both on the one hand, waiting for Christ and waiting to receive him. But on the other hand, that, that waiting is not like a passive, yeah. merely passive kind of waiting. It's a, an active going forth, a running forth. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you have to, you have to do it that way. Right? Yeah. And that's kind of heightened if, if um, Pope Benedict actually talks about how the word Advent isn't, um, isn't just merely kind of a, a waiting kind of thing. Uh, the word sometimes is kind of construed to mean like expectation or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it really means, um, it comes from a Latin word, adventus, which is the translation from the Greek. Uh, uh, I'm going to mess up this word. That's all right. Perusia or whatever it is. Perusia. Yeah. Perusia, which actually uh, really means coming to be or, mm-hmm. or the beginning of being. And so uh, there's kind of this this duality of, of we, we see that Christ has come already, but we're also waiting for him to come. Yeah. Well, and, and I think you kind of see that in this, in this gospel, in this word watch that mm. you want to talk about, right? Because yeah. the watching can be taken as passive, but it's also you're doing something. Right. Yeah. I mean, think of a soldier who's, who's on watch, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he is, he's there and he's looking out, right? He, but he's, it's an active kind of thing, right? It's not just this kind of passive, I'm sitting here. Um, if you've ever been to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in DC, yeah, right? Yeah. 
those those guys are doing something. They're walking back and forth, watching, right? Right. I mean, and that's that's kind of a cultural uh, example of yeah, someone who's on watch, right? Right. right. Uh, but clearly, sense. they're doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so it, it, that kind of this that Catholic both and is is indicative of, of what the also of what the church wants to teach us through the season of Advent. Um, and it's kind of this joyful expectation of the Feast of the Nativity that is kind of an instrument for our understanding and our direction towards the glorious return of the Lord in the end. Um, so the Advent is a time in which we reflect on the mystery of the coming of Christ in the incarnation so that we might also be prepared for the coming of Christ at the end of time. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how do we, you know, then it's a question of how are we preparing during Advent? What are we doing? Right. And it should be a time of increased prayer and uh, increased worship. Right. And, and reordering our lives through righteous deeds as the colleague says, um, so that we might come to Christ and come to know Christ. Exactly. Before he comes. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, so there's there's this uh, allusion in the collect uh, to gathered at his right hand. And, and really that that uh, gathering at his right hand is an allusion to um, the, the, the final judgment, right? Where Jesus will place uh, the sheep on his right and the goats on his left that we heard in that reading, the gospel reading from Christ the King mm-hmm. the week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that allusion helps us to understand that the, that the coming of Christ at the end of time is kind of this decisive moment for history uh, when uh, justice will be served for everyone and when Christ will bring this final victory, right? Mm-hmm. So what's interesting for me is that we that the church puts forward at the very beginning and in the second week of Advent mm-hmm. this goal that we're called to... Uh, reflect and call to long for the coming of Christ at the end of time. Mm -hmm. And then in the next two weeks, she really shows us how we're supposed to do that. And she does that through this reflection on the incarnation because that it, it, we're the new Israel, right? So that the new Israel is waiting for the King to come. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's exactly what uh, is happening. So we're reflecting on how, how did Israel, wait for the Lord? How did John the Baptist wait for the Lord? How did Mary wait for the Lord throughout this season of Advent? Um, and it's, it, it's very clear that all of those people went forth and did righteous deeds, right? Yeah, and they, it was an active waiting. Yeah, it was an active yeah. waiting. Um, you think about all the, the righteous prophets, all the righteous uh, people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's helpful to think about um, like the the cultural significance of the word Advent pre-Christianity. Advent was when the king or the emperor came to a place, right? right? And so when that happened, there were preparations. And mm-hmm. so you, there's this this kind of preparations that, that we do, and we, we sacramentally do those for the Feast of the Nativity, right, that we celebrate. But we are also being called to transform our lives, to be renewed by the... Uh, the or by, be transformed by the renewal of our minds, right. uh, as Paul says in Romans. Um, so it's it's this kind of interesting balance between pointing at the, the past, but also 
helping us to see the future or to, to go towards the future with hope. Um, and it's not a, I think that that's the most important kind of virtue that we can have throughout the, the, our time of Advent is this hope, right? Yeah. Well, and it's, it's just, it's always amazing to me when I reflect on the liturgical rhythms of the church, how she leads us through these things very intentionally. She leads us through these seasons very intentionally, right? Like you're saying, you know, this first week is just, what does it mean to wait? And then the next couple of weeks, she shows us how to wait, uh, through our readings and through our prayers. Um, and, and it's just, it's a season that the world needs right now, not just mm-hmm. the church, right? This, this sense of hope, this sense of doing good for others, um, of actively combating, um, sin. It, it's, Advent's an incredible season. Uh, I wish it was longer. <laughs> I wish it was as long as Lent because it's it's so joyful um, and it's so hope-filled, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Pope Benedict has a really wonderful quote um, that he writes reflecting on kind of the first Sunday of Advent. And he says that the Christian knows that the Lord has already begun, the, the coming of the Lord has already begun, but only just begun. Mm-hmm. And that means that the Christian looks not only to the past and what has been, but also to what is coming. Amid all the catastrophes of this world, he has a transcendent certainty that the seed of light is growing in secret until one day the good will achieve a definitive victory and all else will be made subject to it. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I think that's just a beautiful thought to, to think about that the Advent is uh, kind of that it makes sense. It's the beginning of the, the, the new church year, the new liturgical year mm-hmm. that we place in our minds the most important thing, which is that we long for the coming of Christ into the world. That's right. Uh, so it's a, it's a yearning. It's a yearning for the complete and full presence of the Lord. Um, and, and so when we look at all of this, the prayers of Advent, when we kind of um, reflect on them, we see how the church is guiding us, just as you said, Tom. It's yeah. beautiful. It is beautiful. It's a beautiful opportunity to go with the Lord and to go uh, to go out to meet him with those righteous deeds. So, That's right. Um, well, cool. Thanks for leading us through the first week, this reflection on the first week, Will. And stick with us through the next weeks of Advent and Christmas. I think we're going to do Christmas, too. Yeah, I think we're going to do Christmas. Um, as we just offer these short little reflections on what it means to be an Advent and to be an Advent people. So thanks a lot, Will, and we'll see you next week.